Welcome to this episode of the Gloriosos Italian podcast. We're happy you can join us. Today we have Chef Patrick Seppi, a new member of our culinary team who manages things in our meat department. Before we get into the interview, we want to give you some updates. We're heading into the fall and winter holiday season, which means that Gloriosos is bringing out our unique Italian holiday treats like panettone and pandoro, uh, imported from Italy, along with panforte and many other specialty foods that Italians enjoy over the holiday season. We'll also have our very popular special family recipe Christmas sausage available around the first week of December. We take choice cuts of pork and blend it with fresh green onions, tomato, arabella cheese, imported spices, and marsala wine. It's very special, only available during the month of December. Finally, we're excited to announce some new holiday gift sets this year. We've launched a number of cocktail-themed sets, including our very own Limoncello, an Aperol Spritz gift set, a Negroni cocktail set, as well as others. We realize this year is certainly different than in past years. You may be traveling less and staying home more, so our gift sets could be the perfect way to send some joy to your family members and friends all over the country. Our sets feature the unique items only found at Gloriosos, like our artisan pastas, our family recipe sauces, pestos, extra virgin olive oils, balsamic vinegars, and of course, our family collection wines. We ship coast to coast and have over a dozen sets priced between $20 and $100. We've worked on these sets to make sure that we have something available for everyone. Visit shop.gloriosos.com where you can search for gifts. And of course, we can also put together custom sets to suit your needs. We do that all the time and we're more than happy to do so. Now on to the interview. Chef Patrick Seppi started out cooking, like most chefs do, in his parents' kitchen, filled with memories of home-cooked Italian meals. He then went on to culinary school at MATC at the direction of Chef John Ichetti, who was the executive chef at the Lowe's New York Regency Hotel. And then Patrick went on to spend 10 years at Potawatomi Casino, where he honed his culinary skills. We are lucky to have the opportunity to have him as a part of our team, and we invite you to take a listen as he shares some early childhood memories and tells us about his journey through the culinary world. He explains what Spadini is for the rest of us non-Italians, and then weighs in on whether or not he puts sugar in his tomato sauce. I know it can be controversial. Let's just take a listen to see what he has to say. We have somebody special today on, somebody who I think has a, has a, a pretty great history and uh, they're new in the department, but uh, they know a, th- a thing or two and uh, they're already making an impact. So I want to introduce Chef Patrick. Chef, how are you doing? I'm doing good, Jeff. It's cool to be here. It's my first podcast, first time doing something like this. And um, I'm definitely looking forward to the holidays. I know you're just touching base on that. So Yeah, um, it, it gets pretty... It's a, you know what, working here, I didn't know, like I, I was told, hey, you know, it gets pretty, it gets pretty crazy here during Christmas. And I was told that and I thought, oh yeah, okay. You know, that means a lot of shoppers, but I just didn't expect what I saw. 
And what's cool about it is that people are mostly cool. There's no, it isn't, it isn't like a Black Friday Walmart type of deal. It's like people are just, they're there. They're having a great time. They're talking to each other. They're sharing memories. Oh, yeah, my dad brought me in here all the time. Oh, I remember when, you know, you guys had the store across the street. And so, uh, yeah, it's definitely special, man. And it's it's really cool. It's cool to see so many people that are supporting like a small, you know, family-owned grocery store and uh and uh just to be able to to load up on this the specialties and holiday things and uh and i i think there's just a level of tradition there that um that just comes through and so anyway it's fun i like being down there no i'm looking forward to it i mean you know uh the holiday season you know especially kick uh kick starting off in november with us um you know all the way up to the end of the year I'm looking forward to it. Um, you know, like you said, it's uh, a big, you know, family tradition here at Gloriosos, and I've been coming to this store ever since I was a kid. You know, I always yeah. had memories coming here, um, being, you know, just traveling with my dad. We'd come here on a Saturday morning or an early Sunday. He'd get me up. He's like, come on, kid, we're going to go to Gloriosos, you know. And I'd come here, and the one of the first things that we would always get would be our sausage. And um, Eddie or Felix would always be behind the counter. I mean, obviously, they're legends, you know. Here on Brady Street or here at Glorioso, so right. I mean, um, it's an honor, by the way, too, just to be working for the Gloriosos. There, you know, for Gloriosos, just the name says it all. Um, overseeing the meat department as well, and learning th- the traditions and you know what takes place um, in the meat department or behind that meat counter. There's a lot of history there. Yeah, um, yeah, for sure. There, like, you know. These- it's still back there. The old photos, uh, some of the some of those things from the you know from the older from the bygone era, I guess you could say. But you're no novice at the culinary game, so you you have a pretty good history. Yeah. So can you bring us up to date on you know where you, where you come from and uh, and where you've been working? Well, I'm originally from Chicago. Um, grew up in a big Italian family. Um, ever since I was a little kid, um, I was raised obviously by my mom, stay at home mom, and she had. Uh, my dad's aunties there all the time too, three of them. Aunt Emily, Aunt Carm, Aunt Mary would always be there and taking care of me ever since I was a little kid and my brother as well too. I mean, you know, they would always joke with, with my mom um, as well too. I'll give Patrick instead of formula, give him, uh, you know, the uh, the stock of the lentils, you know, let him sip on that. And I get used <laughs> to drink that, I guess, and kind of, you know, from that point on or even, or even like, um, you know, as I got, you know, after I, you know, kind of got older a little bit, my dad would have me in the kitchen peeling garlic, chopping parsley, and, you know, he'd give me, you know, a little knife and call it the Patrick knife or something, you know. Yeah. And he's like, okay, you're going to peel this, you're going to do that. So, you know, a rich history. And, you know, speaking of being a chef, I always say there's three aspects of being a great chef or just being a chef, why you want to get, you know, what's your passion, why you want to become a chef. And, you know, I read somewhere years ago, actually, even before I went to culinary school is um, you get your, you know, it starts with family. It goes, you know, you go to culinary school and working in the industry. Those three things, you know, will really well round you in becoming a great chef and, you know, reading up on trends. But, you know, the, the number one thing was getting it from your family. And from there, going to school again, acquiring the knowledge and cooking techniques and principles behind that. And I always thought, you know always reflecting back on the family history and I think that's just important and that's what really you know chased me and, and you know the, the I had actually had three 
things I wanted to do when I was in high school. I wanted to become a foreign car mechanic, work on like Bentleys or Ferraris, but I took a small engine class. I couldn't put an engine together. I'm like, you know what? If I do this, it's going to, you know, someone's going to, you know, it's crash and burn here. Right. Architect, you know, with CAD. And I was like, man, there's too many numbers here. I think, you know, um, I said, let me look into cooking. Yeah. Went to MATC, did a, I saw, uh, actually I remember his name and I still have contact with him, Robert Ilk. Did a cooking demo and I was probably like 17 or 16 during the time. And, you know, he did this cooking demo and it was really cool. And I was like, oh, I'm intrigued with this. And I talked to a lot of other chefs too that went to CIA, the, the good old days of CIA, like in the 80s and early 90s. Right. And, you know, they told me like, because I was, I was going to go there to, uh, to New York and, you know, to the Culinary Institute, but they're like, you know, Seppi, just go to technical college. You know, they have good programs there. And I was like, okay, fine, you know, save my parents a little bit in, in the checkbook, I guess, you know? Yeah. Right. Um, but they were, they were right. But I was, you know, talking to um, one of the, one of my people that had an influence on me was uh, Chef John Iacchetti, um, executive chef of the uh, Regency Lowe's in New York. I would do some cooking things with him and he would, he was a great guy, very nice guy, you know? This real cool, calm individual, and you know he kind of directed me of taking the local route to go to school, and um, you know being a young culinarian during that time, I was just always eager. Like, how do you become creative? How you do this, and how do you, you know, create a menu? And you know right. the teachers would always say it would be like, oh, you know, you have to understand the cooking techniques and cooking principles behind it. This, you know, it's a science. It's not like a baking, exact science. Baking, I'm like, I like baking, but I'm like, oh man, just yeah, that's that's next level stuff. That, right. That that it's almost like um, you need to have a different personality for that. You know. Oh, for sure. Trust me, believe me. I've worked yeah. with plenty of pastry chefs, and that's a whole different topic. I mean, I love pastry side, but you know, understanding the cooking techniques and principles, you understand that and then the creativity starts. And I really want to show that too in the cooking classes and the demos as well. Or yeah. even like what I do day to day, this learning a whole new concept of what I've been doing, you know, the past close to 20 years, coming to Gloriosos, learning something um, that has generations like with Joe, you know, Joe Glorioso and Felix, you know, behind right. that meat counter. So right. looking forward to Right. That. So where were you before? Um, I, you know, I spent 10 years over at Pottawatomie Hotel Casino. Um, before that, I was working over at Miller Park. And then I worked in a lot of steakhouses as well, too, okay. in Milwaukee and in Chicago. And also at uh, my godfather's restaurant called Rossell's on um, 1154 West Taylor Street, right on the corner of Racine and Taylor. And ever since I was a kid, I used to go there all the time, too. And I learned a lot of things working with Cell uh, Perry as well. Um, they had the restaurant a couple of years ago. They they uh, closed the restaurant down, and now it's a uh, some it's some other restaurant. But it was their rich history, great family, um, another great influence as well too. Very yeah, close that's to great. Family. So I'm a little bit curious because I'm uh, I'm not a chef. I'm a little bit of an outsider, um, but I like food, so that's why I work in it. Uh, but I, I'm always curious to know how somebody acquires the skills of butchering. Is that like, um, is, is that part of the curriculum uh, when you go to culinary school? I, I have to assume part of it is, and or is part of it also like um, real world kind of skills, like a trade? Um, you know, you, you do get a little bit of a background in culinary school with that, you know, okay. with certain parts of the steer or, or you know, with the calf and um, things of that nature. But, you know, like anything else, you know, the third 
aspect of it, I mean, excuse me, the, the, yeah, the third aspect of becoming a great chef is that knowledge in the industry. And a lot of that stuff, yeah, you mean, you could be self-taught, you learn on the spot, you learn from other people. Um, yeah. But yeah, that's a whole different art within itself of butchery and just knowing how to take a whole um, steer. Cool thing, working at Pato, we would actually, um, during the state fair, they would buy a, a steer and then um, one of my uh, chefs, Robert Dedeker, he would take it apart and he would work with the sous chefs and restaurant chefs on like, hey, this is how you do this, do that. It's a really yeah. integrated thing. And I mean, he grew up on a farm, so, you know, in Switzerland. So just, you kind of saw that generation of, well, too, of the self-knowledge and being taught, you know, within his family and teaching himself, yeah. you know? Yeah. It just seems like it's such a specialized thing, you know? And, um, and it's, I don't think it, it seems like, well, if you're, you're dealing with the anatomy of a, of, of the animal. And so there's a fair amount of knowledge that has to go into that. And then you have the knife skills on top of it. So it's like, and then you have to figure out, okay, well, what part you have to think about the parts that are there and, and then how they would translate to a dish, you know, and, and the different preparation methods. So it just seems like it's, it, it's not an easy thing to learn and pick up, but, you know. No, it's not, and you don't, throughout the past, I would say, you know, maybe five years, you know, the awful part of the the animal is like really big, you know, the sweetbreads, things of that nature. Yeah. Um, things, you know, all, all types of different parts of the animal that you can cross utilize or utilize within your menu or what you wanna um, offer. Yeah. So, to switch it up a little bit, I'm actually curious, what's one of your favorite things that you like to make when you're at home? Well, you know, one of my favorite things I really love to make, and it's always a simple go-to, is just, um, you know, I have a son and a daughter, so we're always, you know, now my son and my daughter as well, too, is now getting involved. Um, just making, like, some type of pasta, if it's a toss pasta, spaghetti and meatballs. They love their they love their meatballs. My daughter can eat, like, four meatballs, <laughs> like, yeah. like two-ounce meatballs, or my son, too. Like, yeah. the moment I start creeping into the kitchen my son's like what are you doing dad you know can i help and i have little stools and stuff oh that's cool so they kind of like help and but um you know last night i just made um some um gnocchi you know plus when you when i have my children i'm, I'm like i gotta think of something fast so you know yeah. i make a quick tomato basil sauce and i just um made gnocchi with i made them a nice simple tomato basil sauce um, and then I made myself this toss pasta with Nokia. I just, I just went through my refrigerator. It's a cool thing too. It's kind of like, okay, I have salami. I had some olives, uh, Kalamata olives. Um, I had some, uh, fresh mozzarella and I fried the salami and I actually had some onion, caramelized it threw the Nokia in there and just add the tomato and then finish with some Parmesan and the fresh mozzarella. Wow. Just little things like that, you know, yeah. just whatever you could do to op open up your fridge, clean it out. My kids, I tried, I was like, Grace, do you want to try this? She's like, mm -mm, you know, but she'll, she'll just chow down her, her gnocchi with the, the, uh, the with the tomato basil. And yeah, it's, it's cool. Just being a dad now too. And kind of like, you know, the stories that I heard as a kid growing up now I can kind of switch it up a little bit and, you know, have that influence with my kids. But I love, I mean, yeah. starch, pasta, I mean, being a, being a town, I mean, Bread, <laughs> right. pasta. If it's not on your table or in your house, you have some problems. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Hey, what's wrong with you? What's yeah. going on? That's really funny because my son has turned into uh, a little bit of a snob. I'm not kidding. Because last night I made some pasta 
And I just had some vegetables, zucchini, whatever. You know, I had zucchini, some onion, red pepper. Um, so anyway, I made this just super simple sauce. You know, I threw in a couple of those. Uh, like I had a can of San Marzano's, you know, and so I threw a few San Marzano's, just enough to, to make a little bit of a sauce. So I make all this. And then he looks at me, he opens the fridge, and he says, well, where's the Parmesan? And I didn't have any. And he doesn't want the stuff in the jar anymore. He doesn't want the craft. He's like, he's done with it. He's turned into a total snob. You can't blame the kid. Yeah, I can't either. You know, I mean, my fortunate thing, you know, James and Grace, they're not there yet, but, you know, they're, you know, it's, it's you know, it's, it's again, cool to be working for a, a place like Gloriosos that's been around for 75 years. Yeah. And, um, you know, the day I'm looking forward to is, you know, when, you know, life after COVID here, hopefully things turn around that they can come and visit, you know, myself. Yeah. Right. So for people that don't know, I just thought of this. Maybe you could explain Spadini to people what that is. You know, I've always, a lot of my, a lot of my friends, um, you know, before I started working here, they're like, oh, yeah, for holidays, we're having Spadini. My, you know, my Nana and my mom, they're, they're going to be making it this way. And it's, you know, and working here, I've, I've really got to understand, like, one of my friends would tell me, because I'm not necessarily, my, my ancestry is uh, from Napoli. So, okay. you know, mostly, you know, La Spadini is within Sicily. Right. It's and, a southern thing. Yeah. And, you know, every, I guess, every... Um, village or every you know town would have their own little twist on our family as well too but my friends would be like oh you know i'm making this try this and i tried it it's it, it was good and you know i had i've had some with like with meat some with cheese some with this with crumb breadcrumbs and even chicken um so spadini is just you're taking we're using an inside round and um we're slicing it not too thick not too thin and we're just rolling it our glorioso spadini is made with um with the uh, hot sopasada and just the part skin mozzarella and our meatless marinara and um, we just roll it let it sit a little bit and then dip it in olive oil salt pepper and the uh the house breadcrumb that we have so okay. and that's something too i would love to do a, a class on as well you know yeah. and it's actually you actually have to stick the key thing is sticking it on the skewer with onion and uh bay leaf and okay. um you grill them yeah yeah, you know, the one thing I really want to drive home with my classes are just, you know, hey, being hands-on, having an open-minded approach, and just having fun as well, too. That's yeah. the key thing with these classes. And, yeah. you know, I always tell people, too, I also heard a chef tell me, you know what, look, there's no perfect recipe in the world. Cook to your taste as well. Yeah. You know, yeah. I mean, there's recipes I look and I'm like, add this much, so I'll add this. And I'm like, you know, um, there's people I cook with, they're like, oh, this recipe calls for, I look at it, I'm like, I just, you know, read it, I'm like, okay, like how do you how are you gonna know the amounts? How are you gonna do this? It's just the other thing too is um, I like looking at a cookbook and I like looking at the pictures. And if I look at it and then I just glance over at the grass, I'm like, yeah, I could tell they use this. I don't need to read the procedure because right. it's all about understanding the cooking techniques and principles. And I want to incorporate that into my class as well too. Just yeah. you know teaching you know people that come here on you know how to properly you know saute or just things like that you know right. that's yeah. really that's really cool you know? i think that that's important i think as most people come in here and they may not really have much background in cooking at all and so you may have to show them how to hold a knife even properly 
I think as long as the chefs and the people that come in remember, hey, this is just going to be a fun thing. And, and I think most of the time that's exactly what it is. You know, it becomes like a fun, relaxing thing. People are here to have a good time and uh, make something good. Okay. All right. Hold on. Betty has a question. Number one question from one Italian to another. Do you put sugar in your sauce or not? Depends on the tomato. And I mean, the other Ooh. thing is well, too. You know what? Growing up, I wouldn't. First off, my dad, I would say sauce. He says gravy. Okay. It depends on the family. He's like, the gravy. And I'm like, Dad, this is sauce. No, it's gravy. Right. I would never see my father put sugar in his sauce growing up. Mm-hmm. No, it does depend on the tomatoes. I mean, my old man, he would come here with me. He's like, okay, you get the six and one tomatoes. Hurry up, get all of them. You know, the San Marzano tomatoes, you know. Me too. So, mm-hmm. you know, all that. I'm like, okay, dad, you know. And that me, me personally, if you use the right tomato, that's important. I mean, the acidity and, you know, that's something else too. And tasting it as it goes. Um, I've heard stories like, oh, yeah, people come in the store. Oh, yeah, my mom making my mom's sauce recipe. I'm going to simmer for 12 hours. I'm thinking to myself, well, hey, if it's your mom's sauce recipe, you want to simmer for 12 hours? Go ahead. Do you have to do that? Not necessarily so. It depends on, you know, um, what you're going to put in there as well, too. I love braising. Like if I do a meat gravy or meat sauce, Mm -hmm. and I love searing like like any type of like a, a tough piece of meat, like a chuck rose or something, and just put it in there. Just let it cook down. I do pork chops. Or even, yeah, pork. Oh, my gosh. You know? Betty, do you put sugar in your sauce? Never. <laughs> I didn't think so. So I would have to say, I, you know what? Even cooking at home, I don't put put sugar in, in my sauce. So, I mean, there's certain people that do, they have a lot of recipes and it calls for some sugar. So Yeah, I, I mean, that that's fine. I, I think that's something that my mom did quite a bit. She she threw sugar in her sauce, although I don't, I think maybe it was just out of habit. <laughs> but uh, yeah, you know what? You're totally right. It, it does depend on the tomato for sure. And uh, those six and ones, man, every time I make something with the six and ones, I hear somebody, wow, how did you make this? It's so great. What, what did you put in this chili? It's like, you know, it's six and ones, you know. It's like, hey, Chef's right. Secret, okay? I can't tell you if I yeah, have to tell right. you. Yeah, right, Chef's Secret. It's going to be six and one for you. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So, uh, all right. Well, this has been enlightening. Chef, I appreciate it. I know you're busy. I'm happy that you came in and uh, we got to learn a little bit about your background and what you're doing. And, man, I'm looking forward to your classes because I, I think um, when, when this thing settles down a little bit and we're able to have classes again, I think we're going to have a lot of fun. So I appreciate you stopping by. Well, thank you for you know having me, um, everybody. I mean, this is a lot of fun and looking forward to uh, doing my classes and podcasts as well, too. Or, yeah. you know, whatever you guys want to do, just hey, let me know. I'm, I'm yeah. down for it. We can certainly toss some ideas around and start thinking of some really cool things to do because, you know, uh, the reason this thing is here is is for us to share and exchange ideas and uh, and to spend some time together and have some fun. So, again, thank you, Chef. Appreciate it. And uh, we'll talk to you again soon. Thank you. My pleasure. Take yeah. care, guys. Thank you. Thanks.